Did you hear that? And hello, everybody. Welcome to Haunting Live Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We have reached episode number 17 of season two this week. And uh, again, today we do have a very special guest joining us. Uh, she's a medium from out in Manitoba, and she's going to be talking to us today a little bit about her journey through mediumship and what she's done and what she does day to day as a medium. And uh, we'll bring her on in a minute. But thank you guys so much for joining us here today on Haunting Light Podcast. Um, hope you're having a great weekend. And thanks so much for following us on social media, on Facebook, for checking out all our posts and all that we post up on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram. We also are on all the podcast apps where you can check us out later on if you miss a live show right here on our Facebook page. But uh, today we do have a special guest. Her name is Lisa Scrivens. She is a medium out on Manitoba in Winnipeg, and she is going to be joining us here today. So let's bring in Lisa. Hello. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us here and taking time out of your weekend to talk about uh, your background and what you do as a medium here on Haunted Life Podcast. I appreciate you taking your time today. Yeah, no problem. No, no problem at all. Uh, so let's start at the beginning. And um, what drew you into mediumship and how did you get started in the mediumship field? Mm-hmm. Well, I always, when I was a child, used to sense spirit. And I had several paranormal experiences when I was probably between three and seven years old, I was able to um, see spirit and so see apparitions. And I was scared about that, but my grandmother is also uh, a medium and, you know, never professionally, but she explained that in our family, we're able to see and hear spirit. I didn't ever imagine my life to be a professional medium. I went to university and uh, became a social worker. Um, and, you know, as the years went on, my gifts started to become stronger and stronger, um, especially after I had children, actually. So things kind of went, you know, further. I was able to um, know more things and sense spirit around me. So in uh, 2012, I was driving in my car and uh, my deceased grandmother, so she passed away, uh, sat in the car next to, or sat in the seat next to me. And I really felt strongly like she was there. I could feel the warmth of her body. And um, at that point, she told me that I needed to become a medium and start helping people. And I'm a little bit of a, a person that needs proof, similar to you guys. Um, I wanted to capture something that would kind of validate the experience that I was having. So I took my iPhone and I'm like literally driving and I took it and I just pressed the camera button to see if I could capture anything in the seat. And so it kind of takes like a series of, you know, a hundred photos at once if you just kind of hold down the, the button. 
And um, so, you know, when I got home, I was kind of looking through the photos. I was kind of like blowing up the photos, seeing if I could see any, you know, faces or anything in them. And I got to the last photo and there was uh, like a beam of light, not like an orb, but like an actual beam of light kind of going through the middle of the passenger seat. So it wasn't like coming in through the window. I didn't have... um, you know, a sunroof or anything. So I couldn't really explain it. And it kind of gave me the validation from what I was feeling that it was time to really um, do something with what I had. So, you know, in order to honor her, and I felt like she'd given me enough proof, I was going to do this like one day a month, like just to kind of, I guess, appease her. And um, so I started reading people And it kind of just grew and grew from there. So, um, you know, within a year, I kind of had enough people that I could work full time um, waiting for a reading. And I also feel like during that experience, she kind of opened, I would guess, I would say like a portal between here and and the other side um, where things became even more accurate for me. And so, you know, in 2013, I decided to leave my job as a social worker and just become a medium full time. So um, I did have um, some early kind of paranormal experiences. I worked with a, a company called Haunted Winnipeg. And so that was earlier on in my career. And so we did investigations in different areas of the city. That sounds interesting. Like, um, mm-hmm. so your grandmother was more of a guide to you, almost like a spirit guide. Um, did yeah. you feel that she was connected to you beforehand or was this something more that she appeared at that time in your life? Um, I always felt connected to her and I just felt like in that moment, my life needed to change and she had anticipated that as well. So do you still feel her around these days? Like, is she still sort of guiding you and helping you along? Absolutely. Every day. So she helps me do the work that I do. Um, she's given me a couple premonitions um, within, you know, things that are going to happen within my family. Um, I work with her on a daily and weekly basis. So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like she's one of your spirit guides for sure, helping you along your journey for mediumship. Um, Absolutely. So how do you sort of develop your mediumship? How do you work mm-hmm. with it? What do you use? Do you use tarot cards or do you just use guides and they tell you your direction to go or how do yeah. you work with it day to day? So uh, when I first started reading, I would use intuitive cards and um, I felt like those were kind of like a good anchor for, you know, the reading. It kind of gave me an impression in the card and then I would expand from there. Um, but as my mediumship developed, I realized that I didn't need the cards anymore. Uh, one thing that I do need though, is to kind of move during the reading, which is interesting. And if you see, um, now that I've, I know that about myself, I've watched other mediums and there's something about like, they'll do a repetitive movement as they're reading. And so what I do because I'm sitting down for my readings is I do automatic writing. So I just kind of scribble and write as I go. And that the movement helps get the information and it's kind of like tuning into a radio. Right. That's interesting. I never heard of that. I heard of the automatic writing part before, but I haven't heard of people actually using movement as a part of their session before. 
do you find that it connects you to a higher level sort of when you're moving around does it help you connect mm-hmm. better to spirit or like yeah, go, go, so, a little bit more in depth about that yeah and so when i'm doing like a live audience reading um what i notice for myself is is i um kind of rock back and forth a little bit while i'm doing the reading and i um kind of move my fingers a little bit as I'm walking throughout the audience. So there is that kind of movement. Um, I think it's because energy is moving through me. So it just kind of needs to um, move in all different directions for it to happen. I, before I do any readings and before I do anything in the morning, when I do uh, kind of one-on-one readings, I elevate my uh, vibration through meditation. And so I'm sure you guys have heard before, you know, everything is a vibration and trying to kind of lift your vibration high enough so that you can meet kind of spirit in the middle because spirit likes to drop itself and its vibration into the room so that you're more sensitive to it. So with your equipment, you would probably feel it more if they're dropping their energy into the room and, uh, and they do the same thing with mediumship. So it's always important to keep, um, to keep my vibration as high as possible when doing my, my readings for sure. Yeah, no, definitely meditation can help people connect to a higher level. Have you noticed lately, I've been asking this to a bunch of different guests that we've had on, especially the last several guests, um, that they sense a different shift in people's energy lately, um, more because everybody's at home, they're more concentrated on what they're doing as a task. Um, Do you feel that we as a people or humanity in general is reaching a higher vibration? Absolutely. I mean, this is just, you know, my opinion is, you know, a lot of things are happening and, you know, around the world, like the coronavirus and, um, you know, different environmental things that are happening. And it's really calling us to really love one another and love our planet. And I feel like um, through that love, that love raises our vibration. And so there's been a lot of people that have um, chose to love our community and love ourselves. And that has increased the vibration of our planet for sure. There's been lots of good, lots of good people out there. Yeah, I think the good is definitely outweighing the bad for sure, especially lately with people being more concentrated on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so day to day then, um, during this pandemic, speaking of, um, how do you mm-hmm. deal with that? How do you deal with that at home? Are you finding more time to focus on your mediumship? Um, well, I'm doing most of my readings online, so I haven't left my house too much this year. And so a lot of the readings are similar to what we're doing now. They're on Zoom and I'm able to connect to energy no matter where it is. Um, So even if it's halfway across the world um, and I've been doing uh, like live group readings on Zoom as well. So uh, we have a couple of hundred people that will come together and I'm able to kind of pick people out of the crowd and, and give them readings, except it's online. So the neat part about that is I can, like, if there's like, say two households of uh, family members, I could bring both households up on the screen and we can do a reading, even if they're in two different provinces. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's neat. You can still offer the group readings anytime online, just the same as you would do it in a group setting. So that's kind of cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how has that been? Have you had a lot of people asking questions lately about um, 
current situations or what coming up for them kind of thing or what's been the most uh, topics that you deal with you know most people just really want to hear from their loved ones like they want to know you know things about their life what their loved ones opinions are they might want to have some you know conversations about unfinished business um, they do want to know if their loved ones are leaving them signs um, that, you know, they're around. And so I'm able to kind of communicate that with them. Um, any signs that spirit has and spirit tries to leave lots of signs for people. So um, giving them those um, things to look for so that they can outside of the mediumship reading be able to have validation and proof um, that they can see and hear and feel for themselves. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people are looking for that sort of thing right now, especially these days. So, yeah. Um, can you tell us any experiences that you've had during your development of your mediumship? Like um, anything that would relate to um, either guides that have helped you along or um, mm -hmm. aside from your grandmother appearing to guide you through? Um, can you tell us any more stories or any even paranormal stories you've had related to yeah, uh, working well, in the field? Yeah. Well, like I said, when I first started working um, as a medium, I had uh, joined uh, Haunted Winnipeg. So that is, um, they're able to bring like everyday people into haunted locations. And we do uh, like a deep kind of, you know, three hour investigation within within whatever location that we went to and, um, and then kind of show the guests, you know, what can actually happen um, using different paranormal tools. Uh, it's really neat. Like I found it very fascinating. Um, and a couple of places that I've been, they're kind of famous in Winnipeg um, is I'd mentioned just a little earlier, there's a place called Lower Fort Gary and it's an old trading post and so it has lots of different areas different buildings um they've uh, had lots of activity in those areas um, but the one uh, place where i found that i had the most activity is they have a place that they used as like a prison and then it became an insane asylum after that and so um we did um you know, video, thermal, um, K2 meters, and um, there is actually a video out there. It's kind of, I don't know, it's floating around somewhere where we asked, um, you know, what is your name? And we caught an EVP where they actually said my name, like they didn't say their name, but they said my name. And it was like this man's voice that was like Lisa, like it's very cool. And um, but the reason that I don't work for them anymore is because after that night, I had um, what I believe that spirit kind of follow me home. And um, that's never happened to me before. And I kind of chalk it up to uh, not being, uh, you know, as educated on how to make sure that spirits don't kind of attach to you and, and come home. Like I was young in that respect. Um, and so um, the spirit, came home and started wreaking havoc in my own house <laughs> and I didn't put two and two together right away that it was that spirit I was like I just moved into the house so I thought maybe it was somebody that already lived there at the house 
but um, I would come home every day and my pictures would be taken off my walls and placed onto the floor, like really, like all of them. Um, I would, um, the kind of the last straw was my grandmother's urn was knocked over when I came home one day. And obviously I didn't have any animals. I didn't have anything that could explain, you know, this big heavy urn being knocked over. And, um, and so um, probably one of the last nights that I, uh, slept at my house and I almost like I almost left the house actually I was so scared um I heard like a growl in my room <laughs> and I didn't have a pet and so it was quite uh unsettling um but this whole haunting lasted for about a month um and then uh so we got some people in there to kind of clear the space and really direct spirit to not be there anymore i think before that i had kind of doubted that a place could be haunted to be honest with you like i thought we could just interact with these people in these historical situations and you know they i didn't really think they could follow me home and so it was really interesting to me for to have this paranormal experience last for that long um so yeah it was it was quite the experience um and then after that i left haunted winnipeg <laughs> i didn't work there anymore yeah definitely after an experience like that um i don't think you would want to stick around in that um uh place where you're helping people if a spirit's going to fall you home um yeah you mentioned that you were a little new to it when you first got into it mm -hmm. um what led you wanting to go into that field if you were so new to it like was there something that drew you to that um well you know i'm fascinated by physical evidence and scientific evidence um, for proof in the afterlife. So I really feel, and I still feel this way, um, that, you know, paranormal investigators have an important role to play in really validating and proving that spirit exists. And, you know, I'm a little scared to do it again, and I probably, you know, won't. But I, well, maybe if somebody invited me on a, you know, on an investigation, I might, but I just feel like it's so needed because I feel like that concrete evidence can, I don't know, help convince people that, you know, spirit's real, it exists and it's trying to interact with us. So I, you know, did that on Friday and Saturday nights with this company and I just felt so lucky to do it because it was just amazing yeah yeah not your everyday person for sure gets to actually experience paranormal activity um mm -hmm. even if you do experience it you may not understand what it is like yeah and it's, it's interesting using a medium within the paranormal investigations as well because i could like feel things and interact with spirit and really, oh, spirit is in the room. This is what the spirit looks like. And then when you're working in historical situations, you can kind of look up the evidence or look up, you know, did this really happen in this place? And so I, I think it was a, an interesting mix to bring a medium into, into it, for sure. What's the difference then, do you feel, between um, a paranormal investigator getting evidence or a medium trying to get evidence? Do you think there's a difference between the two or is it sort of the same thing to you? Um, 
I don't think they're the same. I mean, obviously during readings, I'll be giving some concrete evidence, which is like things that nobody knows, like, you know, um, it happens every day. So I'll be, you know, talking about things, describing things, um, even like somebody's tattoo that I can't see like what it looks like. Um, I'll describe, you know, um, different pieces of jewelry or special numbers that they had, um, nicknames that nobody else would know that people have. So those are kind of the evidence stuff that I bring through. And I think that does a really, really good job of people once they leave the reading feeling like they really talk to their loved one. But I always am interested in the science behind it. You know, energy is not created nor destroyed. So where does it go? And, you know, I think getting, you know, even like an EVP recording, um, you know, something in a thermal camera, something on film itself, like, it's just really interesting. And I almost feel like, you know, just by having that and having the mediumship experience, maybe the two together are just a really powerful thing. Yeah, it is, I think, too, like, we're paranormal investigators here ourselves, so we go out to get evidence of the paranormal and capture it on our devices. Uh, but you do it the same way, but you do it sort of a little bit differently as a medium. You try to yeah. so sort of almost have to prove to people that, yeah, I'm doing this. This is what I do. Um, yeah. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that you have to sort of prove to people more Absolutely. as a medium? Is there more evidence that you have to get for people compared to, like, an investigator? Yeah. And I think, you know, if you come in open to the reading, um, the proof and validation will be, you know, what it does is it kind of solidifies the messages. And so usually spirit will give like proof of validation and then a message and then some more proof and validation and then a message. They kind of sandwich it into the reading. And so the whole reading, you're kind of getting like this information, like people are just like, what, how could you know that? You know, nobody knows that. And, um, and then, you know, in the paranormal, when you get something, you know, paranormal investigations, um, you get something, you know, people are the same way, like, that's amazing. They love to see it. And so there's a real interest in the paranormal and in mediumship to really kind of have that proof. The one thing though, that I have to say is there are always people that don't believe, right? Um, it doesn't matter if you have the physical proof, whether you have, you know, this proof that, you know, I bring forth, um, they, they always find a way to debunk it or, you know, say that it's not real or, you know, um, you know, accuse people of like doctoring photos or whatever. Um, and also like, you know, that I would have time to look things up or, um, and so there are people that no matter how much proof you give them and, you know, it can be all the proof in the world, they're still going to be non-believers, but for the average person that's coming to see me, they have some kind of belief in the afterlife. And I still think it's important to give them, you know, the proof so that they can feel when they leave that reading that they've actually talked to their loved ones. Yeah, you know, you made a very good point there, too, that even on our side, when we try to get evidence, they keep looking for it, they keep looking for it. But then when you do provide them with evidence, they're always like, well, it's fake or whatever. You did this or they don't believe it. Like, mm -hmm. or they try to make an excuse or debunk it and say, well, if you get an EVP of something, say, for example, and then they say, well, it's just somebody else that was there or it's just this or it's just that. Well, you can't argue against evidence that you just got. 
because that's evidence, mm -hmm. obviously, right? So, yeah. Um, you just mentioned too that you have people of different beliefs coming to you that sort of believe in the paranormal or believe in the mediumship stuff, and people that don't. Um, how do you deal with people that don't believe in it? Like, do you have mm -hmm. something that you try to do to help people believe more, or what do you do with that kind of stuff? You know, I kind of decided years and years ago that it wasn't my job to convince people that the paranormal is real. Um, people can take that evidence and decide for themselves. Um, and, you know, even if they don't believe, I'm okay with that because I feel like there's lots of different things in my life or people that have tried to convince me of, you know, a certain frame of thought or uh, a certain religion or that kind of thing. And it really doesn't matter what they say to me. Uh, I'm not, my beliefs are pretty solid. Like I'm not, it's not going to change for me. And so if that can happen to me, that can happen to other people. So there are people, no matter, you know, even if the evidence right there, um, it's, it's for them to decide. And so it really took the pressure off me to say, you know, not everyone's going to believe and that's okay. You know, just respect the fact that that's not where they're at. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go about it too. Just um, have your own belief system and if they mm -hmm. choose to believe it or not, um, that's what everybody says, right? On all the shows on TV and all that, they say, what do you believe kind of thing at the end of the show. So, so it's like, yeah. that's sort of what everybody says, I think. So um, yeah. you can't really please everybody and there's no point in trying. The ones that can't change their mind, they're not going to change it. So, um, yeah, absolutely. but the ones that do believe in it are the ones that have the experiences. Um, another thing that I kind of ask people that come on the show here is um, nowadays we're all in lockdown. We're isolating a lot more. We're not getting out as much. Um, you're always at home kind of thing. So I think a lot of people are having experiences that they might not have had in the past before because they're at mm -hmm. home more. They're focused on different energies all the time now. What would you say to people that actually are having strange experiences and they don't know what to do with it? What kind of advice would you have for that kind of person? Hmm. Well, most of the time, the experiences I believe they're having are with their loved ones. So either their guides, or it can be um, like mom or dad that's passed over, or um, like another close family member or friend. And I think because they're home more and they're more, you know, within their mind, kind of very meditative too, just being home and not having a lot to do, um, that it's easier for spirit to kind of step forward and make itself noticed. And the more that you notice spirit, I think the stronger it comes in. So uh, my advice would be, you know, when you feel something like goosebumps or the hair on the back of your neck stands up or lights flicker on or off, these things happen to people is to really just acknowledge spirit and thank it for coming through and thank it for showing you that it's there. And, you know, I, I did say kind of a scary story at the beginning, but though that is like, you know, out of, you know, I'm talking like, I don't know, 50,000 spirits that I've talked to over the years, um, you know, because um, every reading has, you know, about seven to 10 people coming through. Um, you know, out of that, there's like this 0.05%, you know, it's very, very small percentage of something that would be negative, a negative entity, for the most part, they're just, they're just spirits that want to be acknowledged. So I would tell people, you know, don't be scared, acknowledge that they're there, try to figure out who it is, um, and then start connecting with your loved ones for yourself. Yeah, that brings us back to what we were first talking about at the first of the show here today, too, is 
how you sort of develop your mediumship and that's mm -hmm. about meditation and connecting on the higher level right so um yeah. what do you recommend people get into mediumship if they kind of want to connect more and learn about meditation and things like that mm -hmm. i think um the thing that i like to teach people is to not be scared first of all um, the second thing is to believe that what you're experiencing is real and true. And I think a lot of people want to dismiss, you know, if they feel like they're having communication with the other side, like, oh, that can't be real. I can't really, you know, get what they're trying to say. And, you know, the average person can still have paranormal experiences. You know, I believe anyone can learn how to talk to the other side. And some people are gifted at it but everybody has the ability to do that. And so, you know, um, pre-pandemic, I would teach courses uh, for the everyday person to really connect to their loved ones. And in those courses, um, I take them through a series of meditations where they can learn how to use their senses because spirit talks through thought. So they don't necessarily have a voice box. So how they communicate with me is sometimes it's like I'm watching a movie. Sometimes I'm tasting things like favorite foods they've had. Sometimes I'm hearing things like, let's say they were a pilot, I might hear an airplane. And so they're really talking in signs and symbols. So um, I always tell people this kind of example, if you've ever had a problem and you're just not sure how to fix this problem and the solution pops into your mind, well, where does it come from? Where does that energy come from? And it's a solution that you've never thought of before. And I think that's spirit helping us. I think spirit tries to communicate with us all the time. And so it's just a matter of having the people recognize when spirit's trying to talk to them. And um, it's, most people are really successful in getting those connections, you know, before the end of the day, having a connection that might be uh, something, you know, spiritual or paranormal for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people have experiences and they don't realize they're actually having one at the time. And yeah. they sort of, like you said, they fluff it off or they ignore it and they, they're just oblivious to what's happening and they're ignoring that situation. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel that people can connect on a more higher level? Like, do you think it's happening a lot more often than people realize? Absolutely. I feel like we're being guided throughout our days, like through our loved ones. And, you know, they're going to like, even something is like, you get this feeling like you're driving home and you're like, mm, I don't think I'm going to take that road today, you know? And then you find out when you get home that there was a big accident on that road or, you know, they're kind of guiding you even through traffic, <laughs> like something as simple as that. Or, um, you know, I think they, they guide us in our decision-makings. They help us get, you know, we all have these gut feelings. I talk about, you know, following your gut feeling and that's intuition. And I think we all have that. If we meet someone and they're not really you know, a good person, we might get a feeling in our gut saying, mm, that's not, that's not the right person. If we're going through life and, you know, we have a feeling like we need to stop and, um, you know, the, the path we're going on isn't right, but we decide to ignore that and keep going. We find out at the end, we should have listened to our gut feeling first of all. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in that as well, that we have intuition in all of us and we all have that sort of voice inside our head saying don't do this or don't do that and that's there for a reason I think too so absolutely um so how do you deal with those kind of issues day to day like do you have anything that you 
sort of do for meditation or do you have anything that you do to help yourself guide you through the day? Um, so I do um, like a chakra balancing meditation in the morning and that's just to kind of like clear and clean um, you know, my own self to be able to receive the information. Um, I do like a smudging within my room that it was a teaching that was passed on to me, um, by an indigenous elder. Um, and that seems to kind of clean the clean and clear the room. But I also set up kind of energetic boundaries that only spirits that are my vibration and higher are allowed uh, within the office that I am doing the readings in. So I'm really cautious. So I'm not as uh, young and naive as I was before that I don't want, you know, anybody's spirits coming through. I just want, you know, if your loved one wants to come through or a spirit guide, somebody that's, you know, on in the afterlife of a higher vibration. That's the only way you're allowed in my room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea to do that to sort of ground yourself before mm -hmm. you do any work for the day in the spiritual world. Because yeah. like you're mentioning at the first of the show today that you were kind of green when you got into the field, you started working with the other team and had some experiences of spirits following you home and whatnot. So do you find that has stopped nowadays? Do you find that spirits more listen to you nowadays? Yeah, I think spirits are fairly compliant, you know, and just to be um, aware of, you know, the power that they have. And uh, they don't bother me in my house anymore. I kind of have a no spirits in my house unless they're my family members. Because uh, I don't want, you know, if somebody's coming in next week, I don't want their father following me around for the weekend. <laughs> so, so I have a no spirit in my house rule. So yeah, just have a sign on your door say spirit stay out. <laughs> pretty much, pretty yep. much. No, that's great that you have that control now over the energy. You're able to say yes or no yeah. and keep them at bay if you don't need them there. So um, yeah. has that taken a long time to develop or was that hard for you to develop or was it something that came gradually? You know, uh, some of it was from watching paranormal shows, right? Like I'd watch them and they talk about these boundaries and how they have to listen to you. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do that. And some of it was intuitively, you know, my guides and my angels are saying, you know, if this is what you want, just set up the boundaries and um, be, become clear about who's allowed in the room and who's not. And it's kind of like having a dinner party. You know, you don't invite everyone to your dinner party. You don't invite like, you know, if you're having, you know, your neighbors over, you wouldn't invite um, your pesky neighbor to come over to your dinner party. So why would you invite a pesky spirit? <laughs> yeah, no, we find that too. In fact, that's something that we try to tell our clients that they are having issues with spirit is treat them like a child, almost like you have to lay down the law and say, these are the rules for you being here. Either you're allowed here or you're not allowed in this room or you're not allowed in that room. It sounds weird, but you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. So, mm -hmm. well, anyways, uh, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here with us. Um, I do appreciate you taking your time out this weekend and joining us here on the podcast for Haunting Life. Um, yeah. Before we let you go, is there anything that you've been working on lately that you would like to promote or just promote your website or? Yeah, I mean, you can go on to um, lisascrivens.com 
if you want. And if you don't know how to spell that, canadianmedium.com, it all goes to the same place. Um, and there you can sign up for when I'm doing classes. I have uh, two kind of group Skype or not Skype, Zoom readings that are coming up, uh, one on May 18th and uh, or sorry, May 21st and one on June 18th. And so you can buy tickets for that and it's in your own home. The tickets are $27 and it's for your whole household. So it's something to do while you're in lockdown. <laughs> and uh, it's really interesting. Uh, we bring you up on the screen, just kind of like you and I, and I do a reading live for the whole group. So um, it's, uh, it's quite exciting. So it's uh, an evening with spirit, it's messages. So that's something that's coming up for me. That's interesting nowadays, eh? Because you can actually still do your group readings. You can still do individual readings with people, but it's just a little different format. So, so like yeah. we are here today, like you said. So, thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate you being here on Haunting Life Podcast and taking your time out and talking to us about mediumship and how you'll deal with spirit energy and all that today. So, thank you so much. It's been insightful. You're, yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you very much and uh, have a great weekend. Okay, thanks. Yep, bye bye. And uh, that was Lisa Scriven. She's out in uh, Manitoba in Winnipeg, and she took time out to join us here today on Haunted Life Podcast. So we'd like to thank her so much for being here today, talking about her mediumship, what she does as a medium, and uh, how she deals with spirit and energy and all that in her daily life. It was really interesting and insightful to uh, hear what she has to say today. So big thank you to Lisa for joining us all the way out from Manitoba today. Uh, but thank you guys also for being here on Haunted Night Podcast. We greatly appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Uh, we reached episode number 17 already here in season two, so things are moving right along. And just to give you guys an idea of what we have coming up here on Haunted Live, we do have guest book all the way up into August right now, so look forward to a new and interesting guest each and every week right here on Haunting Live Podcast. And you can watch us live here on Sundays around 4 o'clock. Uh, we tune in to the guest around 3.30 and then we go live uh, on our Facebook here. So you can watch the show live or you can listen in later on on our YouTube or you can go to the podcast apps later on and listen whenever you have time. So we appreciate you guys following us and sharing our work if you can. Uh, help promote us. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, we thank you guys for doing so and tuning in each and every week. So before I go today, though, I do want to actually go over a few things that we have going on here at Haunting Live. Uh, last night, Chris and I were just doing a first of a new series that we're going to start doing for the summer of this year. Uh, we are going to go into different historical locations around the region and do some live streaming for you guys. So get out a little bit, do some investigation work. Uh, where you want to get out of the house and do some more work. So last night we did our first investigation and it was at the Dune Cemetery in Kitchener. So we live streamed that here right here on Facebook yesterday. You can also watch the edited version on our YouTube and check out all the evidence that we caught at the cemetery. We caught some EVPs and some anomalies that were on, on camera. So a really interesting investigation you can check out on YouTube. We have that posted now. So go check that out. Also, uh, coming up this year later on, we do have our first public event for 2021. Probably the only public event, the way things are going, but it is still scheduled, and that is Ghost of the Queens 2021. We have our two-day event, Friday and Saturday night, October 29th and 30th. Tickets are on sale right now on our website under the event tab. If you go there, you can find all the information 
on that event there. Tickets are 140 for the whole weekend. You get Friday night dinner. You get the talks on Friday night with our special guest that's going to be there. Uh, Mary Ann Kennedy of Ghost of Dufferin County and Beyond TV show. She's going to be there to help us out. And then Saturday, you get workshops all day and you get the investigation and seance at night at the hotel. So it's going to be at the Queen's Inn in Stratford, Ontario. And also, guys, right now we do have a special sale going on on our merch page. We just launched a special 50% off store-wide. Everything's on sale on our merch. So if you need anything like crystals or pendulums, uh, any smudging materials, cleansing items, we have all that kind of stuff on our website that you can check out. And everything right now is half off. So go and check out our half off sale. Um, there's no time limit right now. I'm just going to keep that running for a while so you guys can check it out, see what we have on our website. Uh, with that, guys, so thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you tuning in each and every week here at Haunting Live. And thank you for taking time out for joining us here. Again, thank you also to Lisa for being the special guest this week. So with that, guys, have a great weekend. And we will see you right back here next week for Haunting Live Podcast.